You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. So, Pascal, this week we're going to be talking about a film which is the final film in a franchise that goes back to 1978. We're going to be talking about Halloween Ends, and here is the teaser trailer. How good is it to see Jamie Lee Curtis again? Do you know, I was thinking about people who were listening to the podcast version. That would have been quite an um, oral experience, that <laughs> teaser trailer. Um, do you know, it, it's just incredible. I, I'd forgotten um, that the first one was 1978. In fact, I always get it wrong with The Fog, which is uh, 1980, because actually I first saw Jamie Lee Curtis in The Fog, and I saw Halloween a lot later, maybe in the mid-80s, alongside all the other kind of 80s horror classics and slasher movie. Although I'm going as far as saying that this is not a slasher movie. I think Halloween is better than that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, the original Halloween is a is just a classic, isn't it? It, mm. it set the template for so many different films going forward, like Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously. Um, even the Scream movies were, were, were a take-off, weren't they? And, and Scary Movie and all those slasher films that have come since. But it had a certain amount of class to it, didn't it, the original Halloween? Whether it was Donald Pleasance, who was just, such a great character actor anyway and and it was genuinely scary it was genuinely tense now i have to put my hands up pascal and say i haven't seen halloween ends yet have you no no not at all that's a pleasure yeah. of doing film marketing but yeah. differently we are talking a movie that was released at the time of recording four weeks ago yeah it seems to have been the um almost the the way they've done things you now always mid-october two weeks before halloween mm. can i just take us back very briefly to 1978 mm -hmm. and suggest to you that uh, john carpenter and jabra hill perhaps um, intuitively were already marketing geniuses because you had a simple title but also piggybacking a national event that people can relate to the post at the time was literally the pumpkin 
and the, the, the knife, you also had audio branding. I mean, that theme tune from John Carpenter uh, for Halloween, the signature, it's a signature um, audio branding, isn't it? Yes, absolutely right. And it's, and it's interesting. I mean, we, we often say about how things change. You know, back in the late 70s when this film came out, I mean, I don't remember Halloween being a big thing in the UK at all. You know, it was never something that, I mean, I never, my parents never took me out doing trick or treats and anything like that. But of course, today, the uh, that, that sort of US obsession with Halloween, I mean, let's face it, in, in the US, the entire country gets a makeover, doesn't it? Mm. And never before have I noticed it until this year. Now, just down the road, I mean, I always have a laugh. There's a couple uh, down the road who always go overkill at Christmas. You know, they have great big sort of <laughs> illuminations outside their houses. They have inflatable Santa Clauses and everything. And it, 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 sometimes I think, oh, for goodness sake, you're really taking this too far. Well, they, these people this time, they had this gigantic great big spider's web sort of coming from the roof down onto the ground and this gigantic spider sort of halfway up it. And they had all these other cobwebs and they had ghosts billowing in the wind and this, that, and the other thinking, for goodness sake. And then on Halloween itself, <laughs> on Halloween in itself there were absolutely armies of kids out dressed up as ghouls as vampires as werewolves and ghosts and whatever it might be doing the whole trick-or-treat thing so socially halloween now today is a, is a much 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 bigger thing in the uk than it was when the original halloween came out that that's my take on it anyway no, absolutely. But but you know what, what what is interesting? We should have done is dress as the shape as it is known and just go and scare them away, you know. Yeah. You're right. So that means that if somebody is, is introduced to Halloween for the first time with Halloween ends, they have the pleasure of going back to 1978 because the threat through is, of course, the character of Laurie Strode, played by mm -hmm. Jim Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the strap line for this movie if you look at it, is um, literally, this is Laurie Strode's last stand. Mm. And they're playing on the nice phonetics of Laurie Strode and last stand. So you need then to be able to understand the journey. You need to go back to 1978 and, and watch all, all the others. Now, the, the Halloween franchise has had some weird twists and turns, uh, I will confess. And personally, I've only stuck with the storyline uh, where Jim Lee Curtis is present. I just mm. couldn't really manage the, the others. Uh, I'm particularly fond, I, mean, I will confess, of the 1998 um, Halloween H2O, as mm -hmm. used to be called at the time. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really a very, very good one. And personally, I feel like I need to go back to the, the reboot, I think you know, I can use the term, because Halloween was 2018. You had last year Halloween Kills and this year Halloween Ends. And to be able to enjoy this one, because I'm planning to, I want to go back to the other two and really see what they've done with the work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what do you think stands out from the marketing of this one? For me, I'm so pleased because that's something that you and I've mentioned time and time again. We have an official website. I mean, uh, I almost feel like I should ask Tim to add a, a round of applause sound effects because <laughs> you and I've reviewed Nat the better part of um, 88 movies. And every time we've said, where's the website? Or, well, is that all you've done with the website? So, you know, can I just say, I'm pleased that there is a website like a like a focal point to the marketing campaign. And yes, they have the social media uh, with the hashtag Halloween ends. 
And for me, this back to what have they done? So they've had a bit of a premiere campaign, which was very brief, but actually had quite a bit of impact. But when it comes to the website itself, it's just full of the video content. That's one element that I want to look at with you. Then there is a competition, another thing that we can investigate. They have also a retro video game mm. that we can we can look into. And then in addition to that, you know, the, the, the elements of behind the scenes and, and, and the likes. And what they've done really, really well, I think, with, with the campaign is created a, a visual style. You feel like you're entering the world of Halloween and potentially beyond um, the, the franchise. So when you go into the, um, the website, at the time of recording, there are actually quite a lot of video content. You have the official teaser trailer that we watched a, a, a moment ago. Then you have a combination of additional trailers and featurettes. And there is a kind of running theme. There's a leitmotiv around the term final. So you have a video called The Final Reckoning. You have the final trailer. <laughs> you have the final battle. And actually, when you watch the, um, you know, the, the kind of behind the scenes and kind of uh, interviews, Jamie Lee Curtis is seen wearing a T-shirt with the term The Final Girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's all very good, isn't it? I mean, consistency is is perfect. And I guess that, again, there has been that consistency of the Michael Myers character, if that's the right way to call him, monster uh, protagonist all the way through the entire franchise. Um, but what they're saying in the in the strap lines to this, or at least in some of the feedback that I've got, that this isn't really about Michael Myers, is it? It is more about Laurie Stroud, Laurie Stroud than about yeah. the monster. When you find that there's been some really interesting debate, because that, that's the power of, of today's kind of um, economy and, and, and marketing where people can go online and express views. So when the teaser trailer came out, Roger, there was a strapline, which is uh, animation, uh, text animation, which was their saga comes to an end. Mm, so there was a plural. So mm. they, people went crazy saying, well, who who, who are, we, are we talking about? Just Laurie or Laurie and, and Michael? Is it actually potentially the filmmakers themselves? So is this almost something a bit meta, if I may use the term, where we're talking about the end of the collaboration between John Carpenter, Jamie Lee Curtis, and all the others, you know, the writers like Deborah Hill, and even John Carpenter's uh, son, I think, is working on the music as well. Is it their saga is coming to an end? I think it's just that uh, the different layers and dimensions are fascinating to observe. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it is that, isn't it? I hadn't really grasped that until you just said it there. But they've really put together quite a lot of content here. In addition to the um, the teaser trailer and the official trailer and the final trailer, and, and you've also already mentioned the, the video game and the website, which we'll come to in a moment. But there's quite a lot of, of other videos being put out as here as well that they've been drip feeding out over the run-up, isn't there? Like the there's the, the on-set videos mm -hmm. the the sort of behind the scenes sort of videos to me it seems like they've done more than some of the more uh, of the other films that we've uh, reviewed recently there's a lot more behind the scenes stuff going on there is that because it is such a long-lived franchise and people are just interested in what's going on behind the scenes i think it actually is an echo of the emotions about mm -hmm. creating mm -hmm. this movie and this being the final one mm -hmm. and almost saying 
um, we need to give a bit more to the fans. Um, and it feels very genuine as well. But when you look at the interviews and listen to them, it feels like they are all mightily aware that this is the end. And there, there is one, I think, that I've seen um, where it's it's a wrap for Jimmy Lee Curtis and mm-hmm. all the cast and crew are outside the house cheering and clapping. Mm-hmm. And there's just tears on everybody's faces because it's just a monumental one. And to me, that's also what it feels like, the anticipation watching this film. It's a bit like when you know you watch the Lord of the Ring trilogy. You know, that you've got the Fellowship first and you've got the Two Towers. But Return of the King... It feels r- r- sad because you know that yeah. the story is coming to an end, and uh, and so I think that um, that's what happened is that they realized now this is an important moment in time from the cinema you know, for the cinema point of view because this is it, this is the end, and we've got to capture and share as much as possible. Yeah. So let's have a look at that video game because I'm absolutely intrigued by this and obviously drawn to the photographs that you've unearthed in your research i mean it genuinely does look like a 1980s sort of platformer doesn't it this is perfect isn't it they 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 had to go that way they had to say if you've been watching uh, or if you go back to 1978 and 80 and all the others this is a kind of game you would have to have gone into those arcade yeah. venues and put your you know coins into the machine and then play the game and of course these these are the games remember where if if you died, you start from the beginning again. It's yes. that real frustration of yes. those retro games. So yes, yeah, so, so it begins with that landing page where you have the shape and Laurie almost back to back. You know, this is the face of, and the the kind of title fight like hell. Press go, <laughs> and then off you go into this very retro uh, escape game where you, you you control the character of Laurie Strode. You can move from left to right. And as was the case in terms of uh, game design back then, it just scrolls up and you have to dodge obstacles and and grab weapons to essentially slow down um, the shape. Uh, I have to confess, I played a lot and I'm not very good at this one. I think I managed managed to stay alive maybe about three, four minutes before I'm eventually killed by Michael Myers. And then had to go all the way back to the beginning. That's right. (laughs) So, so frustrating. Now, the other thing that was fascinating to see on the website, which is why I'm so delighted that the website is still live, and can I just implore the filmmakers to leave it alone? Leave it alone. Keep it there. (laughs) Don't take it down. Yeah, so they've invited people to take part in what they call the Halloween Ends Killer Reels Sweepstakes. Oh. So what you had to do, you had to submit a vertical video of all videos using the hashtag Sweepstakes and Halloween Ends, um, a video that was inspired by the movie and the trailers um, of, of the things. So people submitted being attacked or being chased around the house and that kind of things. So you, you would do that. You would post it on social media, creating, of course, viral marketing, and that was a prize. Now, the prize, of course, it did include the kind of Halloween ends swag, but most importantly, <laughs> a video call with Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. I mean, I, I was just thinking that. What would you say? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine you, you, the, the anticipation and the build-up of that? And then you've got the screen goes live and there's Jamie Lee Curtis. I'd just, you'd be sitting there just blubbering, wouldn't you? What am I going to say? 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think we need to prepare and maybe walk around the block a few times. Um, What I will say, having observed, obviously, uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis in in interview mode, I think she'll do an amazing job to put you at ease. Yeah. And and you would would have a blast. I mean, personally, I would ask if I could record it just for posterity and and just not published online, but just, you know, every so often when you have friends over, um, you said, did you know that one day I had a video call with Jimmy Lee Curtis, nah, you did not. Well, let me show you this, you know. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. So what else have we got? We've got uh, on-screen interviews on IMDb. Yeah. So that has been fascinating. And maybe, if I may, um, you know, have the audacity to suggest to the filmmakers that the website could do a better job to capture the many, many, many online interviews that are being just spread around the in- internet that are so hard to find unless the algorithm and bit of luck, you know, uh, plays your part. So the two that I want to mention, and then there's like a, a main message for all of us, is the IMDb on the scene um, interview. Mm-hmm. So you had Jimmy Curtis and all the cast members being interviewed by the team at IMDb, um, which I may remind everybody started as a little database from someone in Bristol in, in the UK. So, you know, what a journey for all of them. But what I thought was fascinating was that in that interview, there's like a, a 10, 15 second little clips from, from, the, uh, from the movie with the following line. Some say I am the hero. Some say I provoked him. <laughs> and that got the fans to speculate and debate like wildfire for days and weeks on end. That's really, really cool, isn't it? Now, one interesting thing is there was also an exclusive, another exclusive, Jamie Lee Curtis interview on Fandango, wasn't mm. there, where she's going through her favourite behind-the-scenes moments from the entire Halloween franchise. That teaches us a bit of a lesson that I guess film marketers need to need to be aware that there are all sorts of different channels out there, yeah. perhaps with slightly different audiences, different demographics, I guess, different interests. So the opportunity does exist for you to create different content for these different destinations. I think that's exactly right, Roger. And it feels as though, back to everything we've discussed today, this idea of you know list the, the platform from IMDb you know to Fandango to uh, you know all the others and literally put a little brief against them you know what are we going to do that's a bit different and and personally as well I love the idea that they asked her to go through the entire Halloween franchise that suggests again this idea of the forty-four year journey and you know back to this idea of you know their saga comes to an end. It's all kind of interlinked. And it's a real pleasure as a fan, but also as a marketer to discover those little moments of true marketing insight, <laughs> thinking it all makes sense and all this is intentional. Yeah, and, and it, I suppose it goes back to something we said earlier in the podcast. You know, you can't be on all social media pa- platforms you, you, unless you've got massive, massive, massive resources. And most small businesses don't. So you have to choose to go where your customers are. And it's the same sort of concept here, isn't it? You know, if you're a big, massive film production company, then maybe you have got the resources and the budget to put content out on every single platform. But if you're a smaller uh, company, you know, independent, whatever it might be, you're still going to have to make those marketing choices of deciding what the best platforms are in order to get your clip, your teaser trailer, whatever it might be, in front of the right audience for you. 
What I like about uh, our reflection on, on the, the marketing as well, and and you can you know I can obviously hear and see you know what has been unsaid about the, the marketing foresight and planning and so on. It's so reminiscent of good old fashioned PR mm -hmm. about choosing different print channels, choosing different TV and radio channels, but finding a way for you know whatever's being written down to be a little different from one magazine to the next from newspaper to the next and i think maybe the the, the reminder here the message is around this idea of true you could create one video or one written form of content and use it to be broadcasted across all channels as is or you can spend just enough time to stop yourself from doing that and find you know like i said an angle or an hook, a hook sorry that could make it a bit different and I don't know. It just always surprises me how much we can learn from film marketing campaigns to, and take it back to completely different sectors altogether. Absolutely right. Now, Pascal, there is one final piece of content. <laughs> There's one final yes. piece of content that they've put together, and we're going to use that to close the show. So normally we would wrap up by saying, go out there and do make sure that your marketing's done right and all of that sort of thing. I still want to say thank you to everybody who's watched today's show and who's listened to today's show and do please get in touch if you've got any comments if you've got any suggestions through all the usual channels but for now pascal we're going to leave the final word from the final girl so it's hard to put into words what your 44 years of love and support has meant to me I was 19 years old when John Carpenter and the late, great Deborah Hill cast me in Halloween in 1978. The film gave me an opening into a career that I never expected, and each movie and work experience led to another, and the beautiful flow and creativity and community that has now been my career. I've worked with so many talented directors and actors and fabulous crews of technicians and artists and creative people who love the daily grind of making movies. And with you, the audiences, I've had such a bond. We've cried together, we've laughed together, we've screamed together, and we've had experiences that only horror movies can give you. Horror films allow you to confront what you can't control, and they are cathartic and transformative. And so now I say goodbye, and thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you who has carried Laurie Strode as a sister, a daughter, and a friend. Halloween ends the conclusion of David Gordon Green's magnificent trilogy arrives in theaters and streams exclusively on Peacock on October 14th. And tonight, I'm thrilled to share a sneak peek with you. Now, I'm going to let the 44 years of movies be my lasting statement and let this film be my final girl, final action. But before I do, I just want to say again, thank you. And happy Halloween, everyone. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates.